Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Here it is, the debut episode of Full Access Pacers, the newest addition to the OTG Basketball Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corey Waldron. Be sure to head to otgbasketball.com for the latest and greatest NBA content out there. Now, why a Pacers podcast, you may be asking. Well, I was born in Indiana. I spent the first portion of my life out in Indiana. I do now reside in New York. But the love and my interest in the Indiana Pacers has never faltered. It's never went away. This has been a team I watch every year. Majority of the games, if not all of the games, day in and day out. And it felt like after another skeptical entrance to the 2020-2021 season, what I mean by that is the uh, NBA media heads, the people on NBA Twitter who pegged the, the Pacers as a team that were going to miss the playoffs, that were going to be a playing team, that it is time that us Pacer fans and us Pacer loyalists get a little bit louder, start to start to at least make this team available to be heard by others who might be sleeping on us. Uh, as Roy Hibbert once said, y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play, to tell you the truth. And that is the objective of this Pacers podcast, more or less, is I'm going to be recapping games. I might preview some games. We might talk uh, at some point about possible trades or possible free agents. We'll have some guests on, Pacer guests. Uh, I hope to get on some of the other podcasts I really enjoy that are Pacer-centric. Uh, and also, you know, just some other guests who might want to come on and just talk about the Pacers and maybe if they have the matchup, talk about that. This debut episode, however, we're going to focus on the Pacers' first four games of the 2020-2021 season. The Pacers currently are 3-1. and one. A very good start to the season. A tough loss Tuesday night against the Boston Celtics, 116-111. But let's just dive into some of... My takeaways and some things I've noticed through the first four games of the season. Now, of course, uh, Demonte Sabonis was Eastern Conference Player of the Week in the uh, this past week, the first week of the NBA season. Demonte Sabonis has been as good as advertised. Uh, we know how good Sabonis is for us who watch the Pacers. He's fantastic in the low post. He's even starting to stretch the floor this season. He's taking more threes. You can tell tell that Nate. A new head coach, new Nate, Nate Bjorkren, really wants the Pacers to have a more modernized style of offense. Uh, his big stretching the floor is a big part of that. The movement has been really fun. But Sabonis is scoring uh, very well, averaging 21 points per game, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. The playmaking ability that DeMondo Sabonis brings to this Pacers team is what's really special. He can bring the ball up the court if need be. Uh, he's very good facilitating out of the low post. 
He's a fantastic pick and roll guy to be a, to be a part of. Um, you know, Sabonis has been top notch so far for this Pacers team, and for once, the Pacers got some acknowledgement, right? A Player of the Week award going to Sabonis in Week One. I can't say I remember the last time a Pacers player won Player of the Week, let alone did it the first week of the season. Normally, you see some of the bigger stars get that, so that was really fun and cool to see. You have a healthy Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon has looked really good, averaging 20 points per game, four rebounds, six and a half assists. He looks really healthy. As we know, Brogdon has had some issues in the past staying healthy. But when he is at his best, he's facilitating for others and picking his spots offensively. And then, of course, I think the two biggest takeaways through four games so far have been Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner. Both guys at the Pacers were looking to possibly trade this past offseason. We knew the rumblings about Gordon Hayward and the Boston Celtics, et cetera, around a sign-in trade that would send Miles Turner there. That obviously didn't happen. But Victor Oladipo looks like pre-quad injury Victor Oladipo. He is moving around with ease. His change of directions is good. His ability to get back on defense or recover has been really strong. And he's averaging 22 points per game, 5.7 rebounds, 3.7 assists. He's doing a fantastic job of picking his spots, and he's being efficient. Um, now, again, if you want to nitpick last night against the Boston Celtics in the game that which the Pacers lost, he necessarily wasn't as sharp. A couple poor decisions by Victor Oladipo, but not necessarily poor decisions, but a little bit of just the chemistry isn't fully there with everybody yet. Right, again, Victor Oladipo played, I think, like 18 games last year, including the bubble. So he hasn't necessarily had a lot of run time with all of these guys, Brogdon, T.J. Warren, Sabonis, and Turner. So everyone getting on the same page, understanding Nate Bjorken's new system. It's going to take a little bit of time, but still a 4-on-1 start has been really promising. And then Miles Turner. I don't know where to begin with Miles Turner, right? Uh, this is a guy who... I myself have flip-flopped back and forth on because at times he can be a little bit passive, can be a little bit soft, but there is nothing about Miles Turner's game so far this season that screams soft. Through four games, Miles Turner has 20 blocks. He had 17 blocks through the first three games. He had three just Tuesday night against the Boston Celtics, which would say would be a bad block game for him based on what we've seen so far in this very small sample size. But Miles Turner has, again, 20 blocks, which is more than 17 teams in the NBA right now. That is right. 17 teams have less blocks per game total than Miles Turner has had through four games. Uh, so that's been really fun to see. Uh, the offense for the Pacers looks better. Uh, now, last year, the Pacers shot 36% from three on 28.3 attempts. Now, so far through three games, the first three games, they struggled. Uh, despite winning all those games, they struggled from the three-point line, shooting just 27.9%. Miles Turner was shooting 0.83%, I believe, from three those first three games. T.G. Warren has still yet to hit a three. So, again, this Pacers team isn't necessarily full of sharpshooters and marksman shooters. Doug McDermott is by far the best three-point shooter on this Pacers team. Um, but the one thing I will say is, it's not a problem of volume. Again, Pacers shot 20 are shooting 28.73 pointers per game so far this season, which is still on par with last year, which was dead last. So that isn't great. But again, the team is still trying to figure things out. The team is still really good in the post. You just need to get more of those three points up, and you need to start hitting them at a uh, higher margin. 
Tuesday night against the Celtics. We did see that from the Pacers. They took 33 threes, hit 36% of them. That would be the ideal mark, I think, for the Pacers this season. Shoot over 33s per game and hopefully shoot above 36%. You're going to win majority of the games when you shoot at that high of a mark. Now, where else do I want to go with this? Because, again, this is just going to be a quick type of introductory uh Talk a little bit about these four games. I'm not going to go into deep. When I start doing the actual game recaps, we'll focus solely on one game. But I wanted to touch a little bit on each of these games, uh, or at least touch on where we are now. Um, now, of course, the Pacers started off 3-0, went over the Knicks, went over the Bulls, went over the Celtics, dropped last night to the Celtics. Um, something that stood out last night about the Pacers' loss to the Celtics, really two categories in particular. Uh, the free throw discrepancy. Pacers got out free throwed by the Boston Celtics by double. You know, 32 to 16 was the final mark. Uh, offensive rebounding wise, the Celtics had 12 offensive rebounds. The Pacers had only four. Those are two areas the Pacers need to get better at getting to the free throw line. Uh, that's been an issue for Demontis Sabonis, for example. He struggled at the line so far this season. Uh, and then offensive rebounding, generally an area that Sabonis is very good in, uh, is dominating the boards. He wasn't. He wasn't bad last night by any means, but wasn't necessarily his best self. And Miles Turner, again, six rebounds from Miles Turner is decent. Somewhere between six and eight is probably the comfortable range that you want Miles Turner because, again, he was five and nine from the field last night, hit a couple threes, had three blocks. The impact Miles Turner brings to this Pacers team is more or less on the defensive end of things. This is where you want Miles Turner to be his best, be that. Um, that free safety, if you will, protect the rim, can guard guys on the perimeter. And Nate Bjorkman has so far at this point in time through four games, despite the one loss last night to the Celtics, has really found a very good uh, in-between and balancing act between Sabonis and Miles Turner, which will be something to keep an eye on going forward. And also just touching on Nate Bjorkman and just the, the breath of fresh air he's brought into this Pacers team. We've heard the players themselves speak about how they view him as a genius, uh, how excited they are about the movements they're getting on offense and how uh, he plans on setting up defensive schemes, which is a complete 180 from what we had heard the last couple of years where there really wasn't much praise for a guy like Nate McMillan. Um, now, again, McMillan wasn't a terrible head coach he wasn't a great head coach he was a decent head coach very defensive minded but as we know the Pacers last season for example were dead last in both free throws attempted and three pointers attempted in the modern NBA you can't be dead last in those two categories so I think that is the main focus and the main thing I want to see different under this new Nate Nate Bjorkman this upcoming season is I want to see the Pacers better in those two areas because as Victor Oladipo said last night following the Celtics loss this team can be really scary this team can be absolutely scary uh, because, again, you have Oladipo healthy. You have Malcolm Brogdon healthy. You have Demontis Sabonis as a player of the week. Hey, Nate Duncan, you said Demontis Sabonis shouldn't have been an all-star last year. He was a weak all-star selection. Well, you might be you might have to double down or, or back off that take because what if he makes it again? Because a guy who's averaging 21-11-7, also adding a three-point shot to his game, possibly being less of a liability on defense, it looks like he could be an all-star, especially when his uh, key comparison is a guy like Bam Adebayo. Now, don't get me wrong. When it comes to defense, Bam Adebayo is a far better player. But when you're talking about the overall game and the offensive impact, I'd rather have Sabonis than Bam Adebayo. Again, defense, Bam, offensive playmaking, Sabonis, I think, when you're comparing those two centers. Just something to think about and to throw out there, of course. Now, why do I still feel like Oladipo's comments of this team being scary are so accurate? 
like I said, Sabonis, healthy Brock, healthy Oladipo. Miles Turner becoming more confident, understanding he's the fifth option offensively, but the key guy defensively. Uh, T.J. McConnell, spark plug off the bench. The Holiday Brothers, uh, Aaron hasn't been great so far. You want to see a little bit more out of him. Uh, but Justin Holiday again, very key bench co- uh, contributor. Doug McDermott, as long as he's hitting the three, you love him. He's been getting to the basket a little bit better too. Um, you know, he's for a guy who, when he first signed with the Pacers at that three-year, twenty-one million dollar contract, I despised it. I thought it was a, too much money for a guy who can only shoot threes. He's really impressed me now. He's not a very good defender, but he brings three-point shooting. He stretches the floor, and he's honestly a very good cutter. Again. The one issue with this Pacers team in which they're not so scary just yet is a guy like T.J. Warren, who really hasn't gotten himself going. You know, he's averaging 15 points per game. He's shooting over 50 percent from the field, has yet to hit a three. Um, You know, he had plantar fasciitis in the NBA bubble, had it again in preseason. So he didn't get any runtime in preseason. So I feel like for T.J. Warren, it's simply about getting healthy, getting back into a rhythm and then finding his role alongside a very healthy Pacers team. Because, again, this Pacers starting five fully healthy, we saw barely ever. We, we haven't seen this team fully healthy play together. We just haven't. This is our first, uh, first experience with this starting lineup being healthy. And with a new head coach, there are going to be some growing pains. So as good as this three-in-one start is and has been, you have to understand that there are going to be at times some tough losses. Some, I, For example, the fourth quarter collapse Tuesday night against the Celtics, right? Pacers win the third quarter, 37 to 25, and then they lose the fourth quarter to the Celtics and in the game, 33 to 17. The Pacers have had an issue in recent memory of closing out games, especially in the fourth quarter. The offense getting kind of stagnant, getting out of rhythm, uh, some bad turnovers. We saw that again last night, but it's so early on in the, in the season that it's not that big of a deal in my eyes to, to harp on some of these miscues and some of these chemistries. Like uh, Vigil Deep had a turnover last night where he threw the ball off of Demontis Bonus's face. Those kind of things are going to happen early on in the season. There is a little bit of a learning curve, and they're going to get there. But again, I think through four games, it's been a really, a really good start for this Pacers team. Which again, I as I mentioned, a lot of people had pegged as a team that weren't going to make the playoff or they were going to be a playing game team. I think the Pacers have shown that if they're healthy, they're a borderline home court playoff team in the Eastern Conference. And that's really all I have for this debut episode of Full Access Pacers. Now, the Pacers do play New Year's Eve at 3 p.m. against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I will be doing a recap podcast directly following that game for the first time. This was, again, an introductory podcast. Wanted to uh, say hello. Wanted to talk about the first four Pacer games a little bit and where they are currently, how I feel about the players, the coaching, um, and just kind of touch on that a tad. Again, uh, would love feedback. Would love to hear what you would like to hear as a listener from this podcast moving forward. These are generally going to be 10 to 20 to 25-minute episodes. They're not going to be too long. I'm not going to try to to bore you or to, to draw this out any longer than it needs to be. But – Full access Pacers all year long, following games, before games, in between games. You can expect more than likely four to five episodes a week from this podcast. 
the graphic is in. You'll see the, the graphic if you haven't already. We plan on also, or I plan on also, adding music and adding some more spice to this as well. But I really wanted to get out an episode as soon as possible. So that's going to wrap it up for the first ever edition of Full Access Pacers. Be sure to follow OTG Basketball on Twitter at OTG Basketball. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at KWALHOOPS, K-W-A-L Hoops. And until next time, peace out, knuckleheads. Go Pacers. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.